Hey everyone, it's Ali here from Bleed From Within, and you are listening to Interview Under Fire. I see this army of the everyone i'm gonna welcome you all back to a brand new edition of interview under fire as always this is your host sonny here back once again today i have the honor of speaking with a prolific artist behind the kit in ali richardson thank you so much for joining our iof series today bro you know here's the thing we are finally here at the most exciting time of the year for you and the rest of the guys over at bleed from within which is another bucket list band of mine so much appreciation to what you guys have done and this is the unleashing of your latest offering shrine uh setting to drop june 3rd through nuclear blast records i want to start things off ali by you know commending you on all the wellness of recognition this has been getting so far especially with those groovy heavy hitting tracks you know i am damnation levitate stand down flesh and stone plenty to unpack about this highly anticipated release and who you're all about now before we get to all that and beyond right let's take a sip of our drinks here and ali already knows that I'm drinking from my Spice Girls mug copy. You're up in the Spice Girls cup. Yeah, I've just got a, a really depressing looking beer here. Actually, it doesn't, you know, I'm, I'm rocking the the branded glassware though. I do have the bleed from within Please. there. Oh shit, dude, that is sick. Okay, okay, that's actually pretty good. Bleed from within. It tastes better than it looks, by the way. Like I do really enjoy my beer. This looks really sad and flat, come, but it's not. Man, come to Texas, man. I'm gonna buy you. I'm gonna buy you the beers. All right, we're gonna have some <laughs> drinks when you get here. Now, you know, we talked about it before the interview started. You know, I want to take a moment here, Ali. Uh, I feel like you guys have been on this blistering pace you know regardless of the pandemic or not within this campaign of this new album two things man how are you obviously and have you had like the chance to just take 2022 all in as we kind of near this release date next week it's right around the corner man but have you had a chance to just exhale yeah it's i mean it's came around pretty quick and i don't think there's ever really a chance where you know we don't really get the opportunity to do that like stop and take a break especially over the last sort of four or five months or two Mm -hmm. in fact last two years basically since we started writing this album it's been kind of full on so next week we play our second show in europe since 2019 um festivals festivals are back now after the pandemic as you know Obviously. Um, so, so yeah um we're, we're playing in poland next week and that's on thursday the 2nd of june and our album comes out at midnight so i think that's going to be like a bit of a party and celebration for us and that'll be like the sigh of relief that holy fuck, it's it's actually out and it's it's done but um yeah man we're all we're all good we're, we're incredibly inspired yeah. we're, we're very humble and grateful um for all the support that we've had uh over the last last few months this campaign has been just overwhelmingly positive um and since since the release of i am damnation in november yeah. until now it's just been a whirlwind one you know we've got like over six million streams of the album so far and it's only four and counting <laughs> so yeah it's 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 really wild for us man and we're just um you know we're hungry for more we're just looking at the future we're excited about where we're at right now but you know um we just constantly see ourselves at the bottom of that hill you know we're just always looking for the next thing and pushing forward and staying in our own lane uh with the blinkers on do you know what i mean and just and yeah just doing our thing so yeah we're, we're humbled excited inspired and, and grateful ultimately and you know you've been at this for quite a while ali whether it's with bleed from within or silosis or uh savage messiah if i'm not mistaken you know yeah. and and we can go back as far as 2005 before that i want to stick on the subject of like the touring live and the live music experience for you personally because if anyone doesn't know i mean you guys have shared the stage with some of my personal favorites like megadeth lamb of god testament we talked about chuck in a, in a moment you know you played at download festival bloodstock you have these summer festivals lined up in europe and i believe you have that shrine europe tour later on this year as well mm-hmm. bro yep. I, I mean would it be safe to say that you have a i know i do but i want to ask the artist a newfound appreciation of that now considering what's happened in the last two years most definitely man i think um you know the, the pandemic hit everyone in the creative industry hard i mean it hit everyone in every industry really yeah. hard i feel like um musicians who were used to that and that's when i really realized the importance of what it means to play a show to me um it's such a big part of why we do this it's probably the the main reason you know um getting to create music with my my friends and bandmates is like that's one thing but being able to perform it on a stage and connect with an audience and have it resonate with a room full of people was it is a feeling unlike anything else and having that kind of taken away from you was was devastating and it was really hard and that's what i'd say the sort of the lowest point in the kind of pandemic was when i realized holy shit yeah. when is the end of this when you know when festival season got moved and then moved again 
um it was really hard to kind of to to come to grips with you know um so yeah i mean coming back into this year and having the shows that we had last year i mean we had the download pilot event i don't know if you saw the coverage of that i did <laughs> so i guess for anyone that doesn't know um that was like a kind of the the uk government put together like a test event basically that said right okay we only had two or three weeks notice and we got the phone call from the promoter and just saying like do you guys want to play this and we're like fuck yes <laughs> count us in and it didn't really feel real like speaking to friends that were playing the same day I was like, like, i'm already on my way guys <laughs> <laughs> exactly i was texting friends of mine that were you know we saw the lineup and you're texting people being like is this fucking happening is this like a sick joke yeah. like what's going on and you turned up on the day and you had to do all the tests and everyone's wearing masks and everyone's just kind of like looking at each other like this is really weird we haven't done this for 18 months some people hadn't done it for two years like um and as soon as we got on stage man that it was electric it was just you could feel it from the crowd everyone on stage like all of us as a band and that was kind of like taking the blocks away from under the wheels do you know what i mean that's yeah. when it just started rolling for us and that's when we got to finally sort of see what had happened with fracture because everyone had just been listening to that through a pandemic and then we were let loose with that album and that's when we started to be like holy shit right it has actually we've continued the pace here what's been happening online has translated to the stage to the audience um so yeah i mean i think i, I kind of went off the topic there but in in short yes we're uh, we're very grateful to be back and um the pandemic really did sort of i figured out what it means to me to be able to play live on a stage yeah I, I, let me ask you this do you get a sense that the album fracture for example that it didn't feel complete without presenting it to the fans do you did that ever set in with you like mentally because you had the album out but then I feel like there's a whole different side to the music when you get to present it live, you know, like a whole different energy to it. Oh, definitely. So. Definitely. I mean, there was, we knew, we, we knew that what that album was going to do. It became mm -hmm. a part of it first when we first released it, you know, our label gave us the option to withhold it and postpone it. But, you know, we felt that we had a, a duty to ourselves and to the fans to get music out there at a time where everyone really needed it, you know, something yeah. new, must focus and keep us going. So um, we're glad that we chose to do that, but as time went on, we were like, fuck, we're, we're, we're so, we're, we're getting quite far into the writing process with Shrine. We kind of planned a release date and we're like, this is pretty much going to go without us ever playing this one live. It'll never get its full time in the sun kind of thing. Mm. So, um, but yeah, it, it worked eventually. We got those shows, we got Download Pilot, we got Bloodstock, we supported Spill It From A Valentine and the Summerinas yep. in the UK. And then we did a short headline run uh, in the UK that, that sold out. And we released I Am Damnation just before we went on that run. But that was primarily the, the Fracture run. So we did get a bit of that. Um, and obviously this year, it's just going to be all attention on Shrine and Fracture. There'll be hardly any old stuff, obviously. Um, we're going to prioritize those two albums as we go through the year. Bro, I wish you were playing at that festival this weekend. Gosh dang it. That's just the fan in me. There's a festival today, if anyone doesn't know. It's at the So What Festival. Like, it's got pretty much every band on the planet. And it does have like, every band on the planet. Like, so, so many, like, I think at some point, at some point, it's going to be some 41 and then the Ghost Inside performing at the same time. So luckily, I have another photographer who's going to cover the, the other yeah. stage. So, you know, um, and well said, Ollie. I want to also mention this because uh, and again, for anyone who doesn't know, you guys are from Scotland. It's not every day you hear a band make a name for themselves the way you guys have been over the years. Almost 20 years, man. You know, I want to yeah. talk about, I think this is just as important because the local music scene and the metal scene in Scotland, right? We've seen bands like From Sorrow to Serenity, Alestorm, Cerebral Boar, uh, Lotus Eater, uh, Mogwai. You know, uh, that list goes on and on. But give it to me from your perspective, man. How has the scene changed through your experience? Honestly, I'm actually a really bad person to comment on this. I live in the south coast. I live in the south coast of England now. Uh, you know, my, my friends. This call is me, where I'm from, man. They, they, my friends will call me a traitor for this, you know. So, uh, it's all good. but but yeah, it's it's difficult for us to comment on it because for the longest time, obviously, we we played in Glasgow every week, and at that time, that's when you had your finger on the pulse with the, with the yeah. Glasgow scene. But it's very small. It's very dedicated. It's vibrant, man. There's a lot of great bands that are playing there, and you know, I see bands getting added to bills, opening up for them and stuff like that. But it's rare that I actually hear these bands um, because I'm not actually physically in the city anymore. Um, and as soon as we got the opportunity, it, it was very hard for us to break through, even in the UK music scene, because we are so far away from London. At least yeah. that's how it, that's how it felt. You know, London is the hub. And if you're outside of that, then it was quite difficult to make a name for yourself. So 
as soon as we had the opportunity to do so, which the band formed in 2005 and our first tour was 2007. So as soon as we got, you know, right, practice playing live, get the gig sorted, and then we were like, fuck it, jump in the back of a van and just go get to Europe yeah. as quick as we could, get down in the UK, get close to London and just start saying, hey, everyone, we're fucking bleed from within from north of the border, you know what I mean? So we were pretty much, we were out of Scotland pretty much as quick as we could be um, in terms of touring. Um, but we always, we, we put on our first few album release shows and we would always try and get like local bands supporting us. Uh, there was a few great bands just off the top of my head. They didn't actually support us, but they're just great yeah. bands. Like Madman is Absolute, Man Must Die. Yeah. Um, Tour is a big one as well. Amazing groovy death metal band from Glasgow that we had on a couple of shows. Um, and yeah, you obviously the ones you mentioned as well. Biffy Clyde, overall massive fans of. Not that they would ever support us. <laughs> no, but, uh, I don't don't say that. Uh, uh, hold on, we're, we're gonna touch just, back. Just, we're gonna touch back on that topic. Trust me. You, you know, I feel like that's a, that's an important question to ask. I feel like it's an important one because I feel like you know where you're from you want to you know represent you know where you are from and i feel like it's it's really cool to see the camaraderie for with the bands and the fans you know the it's really great to see you know just the metal music kind of just growing into what it's what it is today it is technically the youngest of all the genres in the world you know it's barely what 50 years old and you know and then seeing all these bands just come up from you know all these influences from like the older bands and then you guys are doing what you're doing you know it's like the bands that are playing with you, they're following your footsteps. You know, that's an example. You know, I think that's an important thing to note. So, um, yeah. So uh, next time I'm going to ask the other members, we got to get you together. We, well, this is a wing question, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see what they said about yeah. that. But um, yeah, I think, you know, it's we wear our identity on our sleeves and we're very proud, proud of where we are from, you know, being. Yeah sort of one of the bigger metal bands to come out of Scotland is, is something we're really proud about and having sort of friends and family and fans of the band just being like, we're so proud that Scotland has a metal band like you now kind of going out there and, and doing the thing is, you know, it's insane. It's still, it, it doesn't really feel real to us. Somebody's like, we'll get told in the UK press, yeah. you're like, you guys are the biggest metal band in Scotland. And we're like, really? You know, that still doesn't <laughs> feel, that's still quite a crazy accolade to kind of have. So yeah, man, it's um, we're, we're just proud to be from where we're from, and I think it's uh, a lot of that is kind of fused into the sound and the lyrical content and some of the things that, that drive us. Um, we're definitely inspired by by Glasgow and and all that it is. And what I love about your answer is how humble you are, and I think that's a really great approach. I think it's important to stay humble, but yet stay, you know, stay appreciative of where you are right now. Um, speaking of, you know, where you are right now, let's get to fucking Shrine, dude. This drops next week on Nuclear Blast Records. I cannot stop listening to that album since charlie uh said it to me shout out to charlie by the way uh this is your sixth album now i mentioned nuclear blast records briefly nuclear blast records bro okay this makes you label mates alongside bands like behemoth uh behemoth decapitated uh septic flesh comeback kid we've had all those bands on our show already you know and uh, you guys just recently signed onto them this past holiday season you guys have been around the block also, Ali, you know, you've been with Century Media, you know, Rising, you know, what's the feeling like kicking off this newest chapter? Now, I don't know how much you had a chance to talk about it, but what is it like kicking off this newest chapter of the band with a revered label like Nuclear Blast backing you? Like, yeah, it's just getting it's, higher and higher and higher, right? It's, it's incredibly exciting, man. You know, um, I don't want to throw any shade on Century Media either. They, yeah. they were a great, a great home to us for, for eight years and we had a great team there and they did everything that they could with us in the time that we were there. Of course. When that contract sort of expired, there were negotiations in place with Century Media. And then I reached out to a friend of mine that was the, the head of NR um, for Europe for Nuclear Blast, who, who, funnily enough, was the guy that signed us right. to Century Media in 2012. And then he moved to Nuclear Blast. So I, I reached out. Yeah. Shout out to uh, him. <laughs> yeah, Jens Pruter, man. What a guy. A big Jens. So I reached out to Jens and was like, look, we're in the market for, you know, we want to shop for a new label. Would Nuclear Blast be interested? And his response was basically like, fuck yes, we'd love to have you on board. So, I mean, even at that point, I was like, holy shit, you know, Nuclear Blast have always been a fan of what they do as a label. And obviously, like the bands you mentioned, what a, what a roster, you know? Yeah. Meshuggah, Lama God, Slayer, like all this stuff on there now. So like, yeah, negotiations started and it became apparent that nuclear blast just kind of got where we wanted to be and to us it just felt like the right time to change things up um we were kind of setting our ways with century media and it just made sense to kind of you know shake it up and, and take it forward and see what could be done 
uh, and one one foot in front of the other, just moving forwards as we have been over the last sort of four yeah. or five years. It turned out to be the right move. They've got an incredible team. They're very young. They're very in tune with the scene. And they just got what we wanted to do. And I think the success of the first four singles is is a testament to their um, their hard work, their work ethic, their understanding of the genre or the platforms. We couldn't be happier, really, with how it's working out. So shout out to Nathan, Claire, Jens, everyone, uh, Tosca and Oleg, uh, um, and your Claire Blast. Uh, I, I manage the band, so I'm dealing with them on a daily yes, basis. And um, um, yeah, just a, a massive fan of that label and everything that they do. Now, I got to ask you this. Well, real quick, uh, shout out to Century Media and Rising also, because uh, nothing but love for those labels. They're still doing what they're doing. No, no love to yeah. Rising Ray. Yeah, yeah. No love to Rising Ray. <laughs> That's a whole shout, other thing. Shout yeah. out to Century then. Century, yeah. all right? <laughs> but uh, I was going to I was gonna ask this, because you manage the band, Ali. I, I wonder if there's a there's a level of convenience for you, knowing that you have that uh, power over, you know, uh, managing your band. I mean, is it is it stressful? Is it does it make it easier knowing that you have that freedom to do so? Uh, tell me about it from like. It's, I mean, it's, it's definitely stressful, but you know, I, I manage. Basically, what's happened is we've we've been fucked over so many times in the past, and then yeah. I think it, the last major, the last sort of big time that it happened was about two thousand and fourteen, maybe something around about that time. So you're talking seven years or something where I'd say I've seriously managed the band, and it's only kind of came into you know, like negotiating the most recent album, the, the record contracts and stuff for that is when it got very serious. So mm. it, it's basically just a case of, I now have the ability and the knowledge to look out for my mates and take us forward. And no one else is going to look out for number one, like number one, you know, yeah, you're not going to look yeah. out for yourself like anyone else. And it's just a case of, I relay the information to my bandmates and we discuss it. And it's it's a it's a decision that's made internally between us and no one else. Uh, and I think that's a really important thing for for young bands and any band for that matter is kind of maintaining that level of control. And like as we were talking about Nuclear Blast Records, there that you know Nuclear Blast don't really have a say in a lot of our creative direction and how we want to sound and what we pick as singles in our videos. That's everything that we do, and we are very very like firm as a band on this is our decision. This is what we are doing, um, and we've always been like that. We've never we've always we've produced our own music, never worked with a producer. We've always selected our singles and pushed what it is that we want. And it just made sense that when the opportunity was there to self-manage and for me to step into that role, it kept it in-house as well and just meant that we were in control. No one was going to fuck us over and we were in the safest position we could possibly be. And that's really how it came to be. And half the guys really can't be asked for the business side of stuff. So they're like, Ali, we trust you. You do your thing. Uh, and they just kind of let me get on with it. And if I need their take on it, then I go, guys, this is the situation. This is what I think. What do you want to do? And then we we vote. We're very democratic and bleed from within. We have to be because we've got some strong opinions. So if we can't decide, it goes to a vote. And it's either three against two or, you know, but yeah, we figure it out that way. Have you had any previous experience managing bands? Or is this the first time you're actually getting your hands in? Oh, is that, it's, it's something I'd quite like to get into in the future, you know. But um, yeah. bleed from within is my baby. And I'll, I'll see how far we can take it before we get picked up by whoever um you bro know. look what you're at i'm just saying you're doing, you're doing maybe maybe, so maybe, we just, <laughs> maybe we just keep it in-house from now until forever you yeah. know um we work quite closely with 5b uh, music management shout out to adam foster there he's yeah uh, a, a big champion support of the band great. yeah great people out there also they're, they're amazing um and they've always had our, they've had our backs for the last few years and they've been there should we need any help or needs you know bigger backing they've been there to kind of come in and help out so you know, with with help like that, if we can just keep control of our operation, then why would we go elsewhere? Let's keep the shout outs going. Shout out to 5B, you know, because they've been yes. taking care of you. You know, it's it's yeah. really great to see, like, not only are you you're doing your, what you're doing, you have people who share that same vision. I think that's really important. You know, as, oh, as building, building that team around you is, yeah. is so, so important, like people that actually care and being able to see through that sort of fucking facades, that fake industry bullshit. And just see that it's actually somebody that cares, like Charlie, like we mentioned, like Nuclear Blast, like Adam, if I be like these people that genuinely like your band, they're not just saying, "Oh, you guys, are, you guys are, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah, that band are okay." They're like, you know what, you guys have got something. We like you as people. We like the music. I'm going to protect your interests and and do what I can for you. And that's important to build that team. All right, do me a favor, finish that drink because you're about to add. I'm about to add onto that. All right, you ready for this? I'm going to say this. This is this is the sixth right. album. Hear me out, all right? Before we get into the fundamentals of this record, again, this is 
not only are you doing uh, something right, um, Ollie, I mean, you guys are have a dedication to your craft. I'm technically quoting you here because this is the follow up. And I mentioned this earlier to follow up to 2020's Fracture, you know, sixth album, right? It, which I felt like that album was to me was one of the best albums in a year where music was probably most of our, you know, saving graces as the lockdown hit us mm-hmm. pretty hard. But that Definitely. album, I thought it was the best you guys had to offer at that time. <laughs> the way you have evolved from starting off as a deathcore band, uh, there's the there's these mind-blowing melodies now, massive tones in the riffs, your precision in playing the drums. I don't know how you do it. Uh, both of my brothers are drummers, okay? So when I yeah, okay. when I hear a drummer, I really listen to the technicalities. And holy shit, Ollie, I hope you know you one up yourselves here, okay? Um, you know, here you are, man. You know, New Year new album i mentioned the new chapter pressure was there any such thing as pressure for you and the guys ali when you decided to sit down and write again for a new album considering we are well into the band's career at this point is that something that resonated with you no that that stuff doesn't really i mean that's quite a common question as well i think people say like did you feel like you had a lot to live up to with the last album now i know that gunzi always puts this pressure on himself as soon as we start um as soon as we start the writing process his fear yeah. is that we're never going to beat the last album that we've done because up until that point it's the best thing that we've done but i think like what people have to understand about our band is like we are our harshest critics and i mean that like almost in an unhealthy way that we will beat down on ourselves and each other until what comes out the other end after all the chaos is like this product that we're like holy fuck, that is a step up. And there's a bar that we set for ourselves that we just aim to cross every time. Um, And if we look at the last three albums, for example, so if you look at Era, we set that bar and we thought that was really high. When we started writing Fracture, Gunzi was like, this is no way this is going to be Era. And we were like, fucking shut up, keep writing. Let's just get this done. Halfway through that process, we were like, this is special. Fracture came out, we started writing Shrine. Gunzi had the same thing. People were like, oh, my God, are we going to be able to do this? It's like, look, just set the bar. Let's just keep going. Let's push ourselves. Let's do what we always do. Halfway through the process in Shrine, it was less than halfway through the process. I heard the first mm-hmm. two songs. And I was like, Gunzi, you fucking smashed this out of the park. We're doing it again. And for us, that's all it's ever going to be, really. And I can tell you right now, like, Shrine will already it'll be surpassed again. Like, we will continue to do that. And I think if we think it feels that way, then that almost resonates with folk. Um, and of course, it's subjective. You'll always have yeah. it's not as good as the first album. It's, uh, <laughs> you'll, you'll always have that bullshit. But like, you know, we set that bar for ourselves, and we aim to break it every time. And so far, since the start of our career, seventeen years ago, we feel like we've done that, and we will continue to do that. Uh, and at the point that we don't, then it's probably time we call it a day. You know, I want to dissect this further because from songs like "I Am Damnation" to "Flesh and Stone" to stand down which that may be my favorite track i was really hard to pick and then to shapeshifter all the way to paradise you guys have to me again this is fan slash journalist stayed true to your original sound over the years yet expanded on that you know we talked about deathcore but melodic metalcore there's groove there's these symphonic elements blended in it's a tricky thing because sometimes it can divide fan bases with within bands sometimes it doesn't but not only have you I don't know if you've seen the YouTube comments. Not only have you satisfied your old school fans, but you brought in some new ones. Uh, Bro, walk me through this. How much, you know, how much did things change from when you first started recording on Shrine to where you ended up finishing it? Did a lot change in between? Did nothing change? Did you already have a specific sound in mind from day one? Loaded question, but I think... No, I mean, it it, it all all comes really naturally to us. I mean, this... This process just kind of, we're working so well as a band at the moment. It's why we've moved so quickly from album into album. I mean, this is our third album since 2018, um, which is pretty, you know, it makes us one of the most active metal bands out there yeah. at the moment. Um, and it's only because we're so inspired and we're working so well together at the moment and all this stuff is coming really naturally. So like when you said about pressure before, and I think I mentioned about staying in our own lane, like we are too fussed about, what's going on outside of bleed from within as soon as we start writing it's like we've got the riffs we've got the tune let's lay that down and for the most part we layer the vocals on top of the music that's done so me gunzi and steven primarily will sort out the music obviously davy and kennedy have their saying that as well everyone has their saying what ends up being the final piece of music and then after that it's um kennedy will be working with steven to record the vocals and he works with me to sort of place them and do melodies and lyrics and all the rest of it and that kind of comes in on top and 
that process hasn't changed. And in terms of what we want to achieve and what we want to do, it's just about that bar that I keep talking about. Like we yeah. just keep pushing it every time. And it's never, it's never like, I think there's maybe moments where like, let's try this because we've not done this before, <laughs> you know, but that's, that's all we do. Like, it's not even, uh, and you're, you're starting to get moments now where if something goes down and it goes down really well, like in a live environment, then we go, guys, we should do that again. Let's try and play on that and put something <laughs> yeah. similar on this album. Yeah. So, you know, like the middle riff in Pathfinder, very kind of similar to what goes on in I Am Damnation because Pathfinder was fucking great. So we're like, let's try that yeah, again. I didn't think about way. that since you just so, even noticed that. You know, there's, there's, there's definitely okay. carryover and, and we do that kind of thing. And that's the fun that we have with it. We're like, we notice something that goes down well. So we're like, let's pay tribute to that, but let's mm-hmm. develop it and change it and see how it goes. I think going into the next album, like even beyond Shrine, we're already talking about it. Don't even get me started on the next album. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, even there, we're already, we're, already, we're already thinking about just ways that we would want to change it up and be like, well, let's raise that bar, but let's maybe try this and try that. And like, we're just in a really good place at the moment and everyone's enjoying working together and uh, and getting the tunes done. So, yeah. And before Thanks. I move on, uh, you know, uh, I think I'm quoting you here as some uh, the band said this about Shrine, how it was a representation of everything that we've been through to stand where we are today. Yeah. By far, our most challenging album to complete shrine is a testament to our resilience what did we just talk about ollie like this is like you know it's it really is an amazing thing to see i want to also i mentioned how both of my brothers are drummers but you're a drummer ollie how is the composition of the songs different for you as opposed to the other members of the band in other words i i, I play i play much more for the song now than I, than I did before um and because i'm so involved with the lyrics now and that's kind of that's i became gradually more involved i think from day one um i think i wrote a song on our first album and then from that point onwards i was always like i just love lyrics and i love vocals and that part of music always always resonates with me um and i think on shrine it's now pretty much 50 50 between me and kennedy in terms of who's writing what and it's great because we've got so much respect for one another and you know i'll give him ideas that i've maybe half got and i'll say right do you want to take that and run with that and if there's a song that he really likes he'll be like oh i'll do this one and i'm like you've got it and then he'll come to me and be like i'm kind of stuck at this part and i'll do the same thing i'll send him what i've got and be like do you want to take the rest of this um so i kind of forgot the question there it's okay (laughs) i love love it because you what you're it's exemplifying chemistry between the band members. You know, I think that's very important. Um, hmm. And I can't help but ask because the way you drum, what are your influences? Oh, sorry. Yeah, you were you were asking you were asking about the drum. <laughs> from, sorry, I'll, I'll finish what I was saying before. So yeah. because I'm so involved with the lyrics, <laughs> uh, especially on Shrine, there were parts where I was deliberately like, the less busy that I make this, the more fun we can have with the vocal placement over the top. Uh, I am Damnation is a prime example. That was one of the ones that that I wrote and put together and gave it to Kennedy and he was just, when we tracked it, I was up in Glasgow at the time and he was just, yeah. we, we all burst out laughing at how good it sounded with Kennedy's interpretation of my patterns and lyrics and stuff. Oh, so my reactions yeah. were the same. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it was just an incredible moment, but it was like the heavy middle section of the song is deliberately not as crazy as I could maybe make it because it allowed for the space for the vocals to come in and be powerful and, and commanding over that section. And mm-hmm. that's a prime example. So yeah, that's the uh, answer to the last question that I forgot. <laughs> and I was going to ask who your influences were. Uh, Vinnie Paul, the CFH right here. Bro, I'm so, in Texas, uh, so that means a lot to me. Yeah, there you go. Um, so yeah, Vinnie, I used to play clarinet before I played drums. And the- so I play the violin, so it's crazy. <laughs> it's, there you go, there you go. Yeah, clarinet. Um, so, so are you a drummer as well? No, are you? No, no, no. I play violin and bass. Both of my drummers, they both, both of my drummers, both of my brothers don't. They don't only play the drums, but they play like every other instrument on this planet. Also, yeah, I come okay. from a family of musicians, so my That's story, very, my story very, is yeah. yeah. Okay. And then my I'm mom's a recording that. artist, so she's a singer from back home. I'm from Bangladesh, so she's actually right, okay. from there. But anyway, enough about me. <laughs> but I feel like that'll be a separate episode. That'll be another wings question. <laughs> But yeah, I, yeah, Vinny, Vinny Paul, you know, I feel, and then you played the clarinet, you know, it's yeah, it's yeah, that was that was the kind of he he was the he was the introduction into metal music basically. So I played the clarinet, I played a little bit of bass and guitars, and I liked the idea of drums, and I'd messed around on a drum kit before, but I didn't really focus on it. And then I heard fucking hostile for the first time, um, and just oh, that two, three, four, and I was like, what? I'm is gonna that? need a drink. I have coffee here. I don't have a drink. But <laughs> this is. <laughs> It drops, drops, drop a wee black tooth grin in that Spice Girls cup. Exactly. Like, 
Um, but yeah, I'd, very Paul got me into it. Um, Chris Adler was a big influence back in the sort of As the Palaces Burn, uh, Ashes of the Wake, Sacrament days. Wow. Um, I, I was massively inspired by those albums. Um, and then, yeah, introduced to Gajira not long after that, The Way of All Flesh. And um, Mario was just to kind of change the game for me. And I think they're the three drummers that I can kind of thank or, or I credit, credit to my sounds to, basically. Um, Danny Carey from Tool, also a massive influence um, in terms of the trying to be creative with my fills and stuff. So, yeah, there's four, not three. Man, people. you can see me. I'm like trying not to like, I'm like, I'm, I'm like rubbing my chin right here because it's like, um, man, Mario. I remember when just a little a tour story, like their first ever North American headlining tour in the U.S. was 2009. Nobody knew about Gojira at that time. Right. Yeah, they the were the Fresh tight. was new. I was right. It was in, it was the size of my room, the show. Right. They were nobody knew about them. Now they're playing like headlining shows. But after the show, like I got to just hang out with Mario and it really just I mean, talking to like people like you talking to people like Mario, like it really shows that you guys. It's so great to see. I mean, it's it may be a simple thing that I'm mentioning, but when you have a passion for what you do, it really feeds into everything else into your life. So um, but I can see that the way Mario influenced you. I mean, it's it's a great thing to see. He's I mean, Gojira is probably my favorite band, um, but yeah, it was probably just, probably and, same and, one. definitely up there for me. Let's get a tour going. All right, now uh, <laughs> now uh, you mentioned this also, but uh, uh, I want to one of the last topics I want to talk about. This is important because for me, I'm a film nut. So when it comes to like themes and all that stuff, I went to film school. So I, I pinch, I pay attention to that. Your music videos I'm about films as well. This is good. And, and between writing and structuring the songs and the production process, right? By the way, this is, if anyone doesn't know, um, believe from within, you guys self-produce this album uh, with the help, with the mixing help of Nolly at, and Sebastian Senden. Uh, we've done a lot of shout outs, shout out to them. You know, it was done at, it was done at the real world studios, uh, at your headquarters in the UK. Keep all this in mind as I'm asking you this, Ollie. You know, the lyricism throughout Shrine, right? The bulk of this, I feel like it, it dealt with, you know, society's, our society's darkest moments, the lies, the inequalities, the violence. It really resonates at a time like today, you know, um, especially, yeah. and I just want to add, you know, I'm a person of color. So I, I really felt that when all that shit that went down two years ago, still going today. You know, well, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of that, that stand down was very much inspired by what was happening in the, in the States. That's uh, why I, it's my favorite song. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, the death of George Floyd, the Capitol Hill riots, like anyone who was opposed to, you know, Black Lives Matter. I just couldn't I couldn't understand it. I watched this all unfold through the TV in the UK and I just couldn't I couldn't fathom it, you know, and it was that frustration that led to that song kind of, you know, it was, it was another song that I wrote and that just fell on the page. Basically, it was like, I, I can't believe this, the frustration that I felt just watching all this like heinous crimes, do you know what I mean? Like fucking happening over there. Um, and obviously the UK's fucked as well. I, I don't like what's going on over here, but just some of the things that happened in America and what's happened recently over there, I really, it's really affected me in, in quite a way. So, um, yeah, and something yeah. happened uh, 400 miles from here, from where I live, the school shooting. Uh, oh, my God. I, I don't even yeah. want to. Let's not get into yeah. that, man. But, it's, it's yeah, no, no, no. But yeah. I see what you're saying. But you Devin, Devin, Devastating stuff, man. The shit that yeah. we've been dealing with, you know, it's like just one after the other. And um, that's why it's important to have what you have, like, in Stand Down. It's important to address these things, you know. So that's why yeah. That's why I think it's important. You know, you guys are not only making the great music, but you guys have a message in there. But then you also have a song yeah, like we 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 didn't really used to do it, man. You know, we weren't really. I don't think we paid enough attention to the outside world, and we used to sing about a lot of internal struggles. And then over the last few albums, I think just it's impossible not to say anything now. And I think it, of course, it, it really frustrates me when people say keep politics out of music. And I'm like, do you have any fucking idea what half? Yeah, not even half. What ninety percent of the bands that you love and adore? What the fuck do you think they're singing about? Like all exactly. the same. Exactly, and, and the um, point. Yeah, the point I'm trying to make is like, and you said it. You know, it. You. Yeah. It. You. We can't be silent anymore. You have to yeah. mention it. You know, it's at, at one way or the other. Um. Sorry, Definitely. but you see, like, I feel like we're we're matching energies here. That's this really good, yeah. and, and we really have. And you have a song like also, uh, Flesh and Stone, which is about future generations who will inherit a dying planet. And I begin to think of the tangibles like a theme or a message to bleed from within. Like, it, is that always a is that a big component 
to songwriting for a band like Glee From Within as far as the message and the themes? Uh, every song fine, is its own, you know? Every, every song is its own journey, you know? Like Shrine as a collective was more of the kind of, I think you mentioned it before, like the celebration of what we've done, but then a recognition of what we have yet to do. And yeah. Shrine, is, Shrine is essentially the band to us and what that is. And it became more it became more apparent, especially throughout lockdown, as we threw ourselves into this album and it kept us focused and gave us some drive through a particularly dark time. But then seeing all the shit unfold on the TV, as I described, like throwing, getting out, getting the the chance to, uh, you know, an outlet for that, a vehicle for those that message kind of thing. Um, it was us sort of respecting the band. That's what Shrine meant. But each song yeah. in itself tells, you know, there's some really personal stuff on there. And then there is the kind of social commentary or political commentary and, and our take on what we think is going on in the world and how fucking outraged we are by it. So each song has its own story. I, I don't, we don't usually talk about it too much because we quite like to leave that open to interpretation. Me and Kennedy have always been quite, um, quite vocal about that in the sense that, you know, sometimes people ask us and we're like, eh, it's, it's whatever you want it to be, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's important for folk as well. Um, but I think with songs like Stand Down, it's pretty fucking obvious what we were talking about. Um, it's a fucking great song then, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Flesh and Stone, again, I think it's quite obvious when, when you hear what's going on, you're like, right, this is the end of the earth as we know it. And, you know, again, your famous uh, ex-president fucking denying that climate denying that climate change even existed was uh we're mentioning we're mentioning like topics that we probably don't want to talk about but because you know just so many yeah. things but um that's so many things <laughs> but yeah i mean the, in answer to your question each song is its is its own thing and its own story um and uh, shrine as a collective is just us celebrating what we've done and and looking forward to where we'd like to be i guess do you have a, do you have a personal favorite one on shrine uh, Flesh and Stone, I think it has to be said. Okay. And there's a great one, a great one that no one else has heard yet called Killing Time, uh, which is second last. Yeah, that, that's album. a great that's, one too. Um, that's a very, very special track to me. I. Okay, man. Uh, bro, Ali, we, we've covered, you know, a good amount of ground on this awesome interview. We're nearing the end, but here, but thank you so much for sharing so much about who you are about and what Bleed From Within is all about. You know, it's been a long time coming. I've been wanting to have you on my show for a while so it's it's really, really great. i really it's, appreciate that this is great i i wish we i mean we're gonna do another one with wings like i feel like this is this has been great. i'd love to do that i feel like yeah. we could talk we probably need our own podcast at this point you and me <laughs> we've done a lot of shout outs you know again shout out to charlie to nuclear blast and to century media you know and and to uh uh the, the management companies that have been you know helping out with this you know from the different experiences and perspectives in your timeline you have taken in, which we've discussed about Ali and performing for as long as you have and the people you have met and work with doing these jaw-breaking records. I mean, your relationship with your bandmates, your growing fan base, the touring life, your love for the music. Mm. I'm excited to see where you go from here. I mean, you've done six albums from Bleed From Within, one from Silosis, a great album. If anyone hasn't checked out Silosis yet, great album, great band. This is definitely something that you have a passion for. And from the truth is, is from what I'm seeing, you've experienced plenty already in your career and then some, you know, have your aspirations as a musician or hell as a human being, have they changed or evolved since when you first started performing in the industry? Like, do you see things yeah, differently definitely. today? Of, of course. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to drink to that. I think when everyone everyone's younger, uh, you kind of see it through all rose tinted goggles. You know what I mean? Like you you see it all in this light, and it looks all flashy and fancy, and you're like, "Oh my god, I want to be a rock star! I'm fucking, oh, this is gonna be great!" And then that, that kind of changed for me. I don't know how many years ago it was, and I, I think it maybe just happened over time. But you know, I, I'm incredibly grateful for what I've been able to achieve with with the band that I'm in. You know, both bands that you know, with Silosis, but you know, yeah. particularly Bleed from Within, um, being my best mates growing up with them and being able to travel the world and, and see what we've seen. But um, I think now we're just, you know, I, I like to call us the working man's metal band. You know, we've all got jobs outside of the band. We keep it going. We put our heart and soul into this, and because we've managed to make, you know, the band's sustainable because we don't rely on it for money. And that's why when lockdown happened, we were fine and we could just focus on connecting with the fans and resonating with that. It didn't affect us. It didn't affect the business in the same way because, you know, we were able to keep ourselves going outside of that. Um, I think we're just, we're realists, you know, there's there's not an ego between us. We're humble, we're grounded, we're hungry for the for more. We're just keen to, to look to the future and just to continue to build on, and what it is we are building at the moment. 
And I think with that in mind, you know, there's no there's no ceiling for bleed from within. And I think I realised that uh, with the release of Fracture, as soon as we started to really settle into this point that we're in right now, uh, with just the creative kind of fluidity that's going on um, in, in the band at the moment, and just the kind of synergy that we've got, I think that we are we are ready for the future. And that future is, you know, 20, 30 years, however long it may be, until we physically can't do it anymore. And we'll just keep smashing that bar that I was talking about, and we'll just keep yeah. taking it further and do it until we can't do it no more. I'm sure Man, that is the goal. Your statement kind of just served as an inspiration for me to keep doing what I'm doing. And I know, you're oh, talking about, I know you're talking about years from now. I, I can't wait for next week for people to hear this album. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's yeah. definitely an exciting time. And I'm really almost like a proud moment to see from where you guys started to where you're right now, Ali. Um, and I think it's also important to kind of just sometimes push everything away for a moment and kind of examine it from the outside, kind of retool yourself and go back into it with a refocused version of yourself, you know? Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. And I feel like we lose track of that sometimes. The higher we go, we kind of have to remind ourselves, yeah, let's this is who I am. I don't want to, I don't want to lose myself in all this. Yeah. Lose yourself to a degree, but you know, um, still yeah. be humble and the way you are. And I love your attitude towards this, but man, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's relax here. I'm going to get to that surprise here. All right. I know we've been kind of you were waiting for that the whole time. <laughs> I was, I was, I didn't want to bring it up. I thought you'd forgotten. I was like, <laughs> <Hell's> on, <man. laughs> all right. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do something called, the lightning round. All right, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go down the list. Ali, you have to pick one or the other. You have to think quick on your feet. All right, you can't. Oh, I love this shit. All right, all right okay. here we go. So, some of them are very simple. Some of them are just downright stupid. But that's the best part. All right, here we go. Right, okay. Uh, okay. I'm gonna do a little test question here. Here we go. What's the capital of Scotland? I nearly said Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> it should be it should be glasgow but it's edinburgh it should be, is it, yeah it is I was, first thing I was like wait is it i had to look it up it is edinburgh um all right here we go green or blue uh blue vegan or meat meat coffee or tea neither <laughs> cats or dogs uh, oh wait you're no. drinking, <laughs> what you're drinking that's what you cats or dogs uh dogs dogs star, star wars or harry potter star wars the new Obi-Wan drops today, so I haven't seen it yet. Um, going to watch it. All right. Mexican food or Italian food? Mexican. Would you rather climb a mountain or jump from a plane? A jump from a plane. Yeah, I've done it. Sure. I've, I'll do it again. Would love uh, to do it. <laughs> we should do an interview like skydiving. But, <laughs> but, but, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's another idea. It can be done. I'm just saying. All right. Country or hip hop? Hip hop. <laughs> you didn't even hesitate. Now... <laughs> If you were to spend one day, think about this question. If you were to spend one day in the world of the last show or movie you watched, where would you be and would you survive? Uh, what the fuck was the last show that I watched? Or last movie that I watched? Do you know the last thing I actually watched was The Bad Batch? Have you seen that? I have. That's a great show, actually. Uh, that's not where I want to be. So that's <laughs> that's really fucked up. No, man, uh, that's on... Uh, I feel like that a lot of people lost track of that show. I loved it. Um, it was the film that I watched. Um, I was just, my, my girlfriend's away at the moment, so I'm just yeah. kind of watching shit myself on uh, on Netflix. And that was one, I was like, oh, fuck it. I, I knew Jim Carrey was in it. He doesn't actually say anything. He just yeah, kind yeah. of a cameo, I think. So, uh, yeah, I watched it. But that's, that's a really bad place to end up, going by your question. Like, cannibalistic fucking Aaron <laughs> oh, Wasteland. <laughs> The last movie I watched, uh, what was the last? I think the last movie I watched was Blade Runner 2049. And I don't don't think I'll last in that movie at all. That's the loudest movie I've seen in theaters, by the way. Great movie. Yeah, well, you could barely get the dialogue in that. It was was crazy. I know, right? uh, Same as as Dunkirk. I think it's something to do with Hans Zimmer. It's just like, wants his music. Yeah, same thing with Tenet. Have you seen Tenet? Holy shit. That's that's a movie that you want to like, listen to, go and listen. Uh, oh, we'll I, I had to, over over. I've seen it. I've seen it three times, and on the third I own time, it. I, I see it all the time. I always I watch like light bulb movies. <laughs> yeah, the light bulb went off in the sub view, and I was like, "Ah, right." <laughs> Man, I've never seen a movie like. That. Anyway, shout out to Tenet. Shout out to Chris Nolan. He's making another movie right now called uh, Oppenheimer. Have you heard about this? I've seen the picture. Yeah. Ooh, all right, we'll, we'll touch base on that again. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Halloween or Christmas? Uh, Christmas. All right. Uh, L.A. or New York? Uh, 
That's a hard one. I've only ever been to New York. I've not been to LA. I would really? love to go to LA. So I'm going to have to say New York at this point in time. Man, okay. Humanity or Empire? Fuck's sake. Do I have to pick one? Jesus. I think I'd actually say Humanity. You know that? Okay. I think All right. I was, yeah. <laughs> if anyone doesn't know, those are the earlier albums from uh, Bleed From Within. Check them out. They're great albums. All right. Would you rather be able to move things with your mind or know the future? I uh, know the future. Really? I think you're the first one to actually answer that with that choice. A lot of people like, are afraid could, for that. You could make some changes, I'd like to think so. Yeah, there's that saying in like X-Men. Uh, I'm pulling up like an X-Men example. Days of Future Past. You throw like a rock, in like a river, but it'll always fi- find a way to fix the current. So, <laughs> yeah, <there laughs> I don't you know. So if you Just can see saying. the future, yeah, it'd be interesting. So. Yeah, okay. All right. We got a couple more. Uh, if Voldemort offered to give you a hug, would you accept? He's getting ridiculous. Uh, well, I think that um, Ralph Fiennes is a fantastic actor, so yes, I would. <laughs> just, just, to, just to meet the you actor. You could change Tom Riddle's life, right? <laughs> hug Ralph, Ralph Fiennes, not Voldemort. <laughs> it's a, that's a different, that's a different uh, discussion. All right. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Every language in the world. All right. Last one. There's a time machine in front of you, Ollie. It says the destination <laughs> is your first concert you've ever attended. Where are you? And what do you remember the most about this day? And do you take the trip? I've actually got a really cool answer to this. Um, I, my first show was actually a Nile concert. Um, oh. <laughs> literally, the, fir- the first gig that I ever went to was Nile, Misery Index, and a band called Jew Scented from, uh, from Germany. Yo, we just had Misery Index on our show two weeks ago. Oh, my so, goodness. Yeah. Everyone thinks I'm joking when I say that. Like they maybe think that I went to go and see Spice Girls or someone else back in the day. But le- legit, my, my my first gig was uh, was was that in 2001. I think I went to go and see them. So, um, so a, a really cool it, thing. And it, it was yeah. in it was in yeah. the Cat House in Glasgow in 2001. Uh, Nile headline show. That's where I would it'd be. So a really cool thing you mentioned about Vinnie Paul. That was my first concert ever. Uh, I saw Vinnie and Dime oh. perform together. Two months before Dime got shot on stage, October oh, of yeah. 2004, and then December he got shot. So that was when Vinny and uh, Dime were with Damage Plan. If you remember Damage Plan, I did uh, so yeah. yeah, that was my first concert ever, 2004, I believe. That was a weird show. That was I mean, great show, but man, you had Switchfoot there, you had the Used, then and then you had Drowning Pool, and then you had Breaking Benjamin. It was it was it was called yeah. uh, what was it called Freakers Ball? I remember that. It was a one-day fest here in Dallas. <laughs> it was insane. <laughs> and I remember I, I showed up there. Nobody knew at my school that I was a metalhead. They showed, they seemed like, Sonny, whoa, I don't even listen to this music. And then they, I changed everybody's life. Then that was it. <laughs> they thought I listened to like country or something. Like, like, do I look like a country? Like, I don't listen to country. <laughs> That's the first thing they thought. They're like, no, I do. I don't listen to the country, man. Uh, this kid named Justin in my school. I forgot his last name, but anyway, that's, <laughs> hey, that's a great first show, man. Anyway, um, yep. running out of time here, Ali, but thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for doing that. This. this has been a lot of fun. Um, I didn't expect it for us to be going this long, but like I said, we probably need oh, really? our own podcast at this point and we, we're going to, we're going to do this again, obviously, obviously down the future. Yes, uh, down the road. Now, bro, do you have any like last words, any shout outs, anything, any other shout outs, right? I think we've got all the shout outs we possibly could <laughs> uh, on this, to be honest. Yeah. And uh, other than that, everyone is listening. I mean, Bleed From Within Shrine drops next Friday, uh, June 3rd on Nuclear Blast Records. If you wanted to add anything to that, I don't know if any music video coming out. I know you have tours coming uh, up. Or... Yeah. I mean, there'll, there'll, there'll be another another video dropping on the day that the album comes out as a little, oh, yeah. little surprise for everyone. So, um, yeah, that, that'll be happening. The album's out a week today. Very excited. I guess just to anyone that's listening in the US, like we've seen all your fucking messages and we will be coming. We don't know when, yes. but it's happening on this album cycle. We will be there. Uh, it's been a dream of ours uh, to visit the US um, it's, and we can't believe it's taken this long. So we will be there. It's a priority for us and we cannot fucking wait to tour the country. We really you, can't. You want to do the Wings interview before the show or after? Oh, before, I think for a while. Really? Laugh. Yeah, my, my asshole will just be doing this the entire uh... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Dude. Okay. All right. I'll make a note of that. And <laughs> just saying, like, the band we interviewed, like, they're like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it before. 
<laughs> so hopefully uh, Scott can handle it. I know he's singing, but I don't know. If- yeah, he probably won't be able to do it if it's too spicy. It'll probably be me and uh, have, you ever, quite, like, have you ever had had the bomb hot sauce? Have you ever had that? You know, I've I've, I've actually tried a bit of that, Ooh. and it was the most insane thing that I've ever done. So I'll do it. I'll do it for a laugh. I'll do it with you. But um, just like been. just a dab, and I was crying. Like it was, yeah. um, but hey, we'll 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 do it for each other, right? This is gonna this is gonna be a fun down the road. But uh, I'll let you go here, uh, Ollie. Let's stay in touch on the socials, man. This has been great. We'll connect again. Everyone's listening. This is Ollie Richardson from Bleed From Within. Shrine drops June third next week on Nuclear Blast. And do us a favor, by the record, because the bands can't do it without your help. It really goes a long way. Um, you can listen to. Obviously, you can stream it. But I still buy records that's sitting in the corner of my room today. I'm old school like that. But uh, don't forget, you can listen to this podcast on all major podcast streams out there. Check us out on interviewunderfire.com. Um, Ollie, much love, man. Uh, have a great release. Have a great week. Have a great weekend, man. I will see you, you down the road, road, all right? I'll keep you posted once this episode airs, and you can share it worldwide. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. No, no, thank you. Thank you, all right? Thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. Don't ever stop, all right? Uh, it's, uh, it's a really inspiration, inspiring thing to see, all right? I'll let you go here, bud. Take care. Thank you, man. Yes. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.